1: G'day and welcome to the Shoreline Publishing Podcast Between the Covers. In this this episode, we're featuring Andrew Hood, who has written The Man Who Settled the Score. Good evening, Andrew. Good evening, Will. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. And uh, your uh, your second book, The Man Who Settled the Score, is coming out soon. Are you starting to get a bit of excitement going on?
0: I am getting very excited. Um, It's about two years now since the first book. And you know what? I'm really excited to talk about a new book.
1: Excellent. (laughs) We'll, we'll touch yes. on the first book before we get too deep into the new sure. book. Uh The man Corrupted sure. heaven. It was a Miles Franklin nominated book. Um, yes, wow. uh, how, how so much of was it. that? That was a
0: massive thrill. That was a massive thrill, um, and uh, you know, and uh, and an honour to be, um, you know, to be um, to have my name in that mix. So uh, great, very excited.
1: And and Thank The Man Who Corrupted Heaven went really well. It was uh, rated highly and, and good reviews, and that must give you a bit of confidence for the new book.
0: Yeah, it's funny. You know, that book took me five years to write, um, and in that time, nobody read it. So by the time it actually came out to market, I was petrified, right? I, I was wondering if I had wasted five years of my life writing that book, but... Um, <laughs> You know, some some good reviews came in. You know, at the start it was just my mum and my wife, but then I started to get, you know, great reviews from people I don't know, and you know, and and online, and just uh, so excited um, that everybody has really, you know, the the thing I like most is that the people that do like it seem to like it passionately, which is what I'm so excited about. I seem to have, you know, and it's not for everyone,
1: but it's it's really hit a nerve for those that do like it, so I'm really really glad. It's always a buzz to get a good review from mum, isn't it? I mean, that, that makes the whole thing worthwhile. And uh, has mum seen the second book yet?
0: Yeah, she has. So um, I've got three beta readers, my wife, my mum, and my friend Freddie, and uh, and they get it before anyone. So, um, you know, uh, sometimes I, I need to make it just a quick adjustment if, uh, you know, if uh, mum's a little upset with me because of the ending or something like that. So, or, you know, a little bit of scrounging around at the last minute.
1: Now, what can you tell us about your uh, your main character, John Hannibury? Yes,
0: so. Um the, the original book was about three uh, three orphans, uh, and and they're mistreated uh, in the orphanage that they grow up in. And and so really, the first book sets that scene and talks about um, the lead character for that book, which is um, Isaac McGuinn. So every book is about one of those three characters. So this is book two. It's about the character John Hanabry, um, who who's not particularly a very nice man, um, but he's grown up in a really bad situation so it was it was really how do i tell how do i tell a story of someone who on you know on on the surface of things may not be considered a nice man but how do i get the the audience to actually feel for him and you know and and want to understand his life and his story and and how do i tell his journey from being who he was to who he to who he's going to become
1: so that's what this little, book is um... really about yeah, it's an interesting little dynamic there. It's almost like you're championing the bad guy. It is, and that took some real research
0: because uh, I didn't know how to do that. I remember this is only really my second serious book. You know, I've yeah. done some some writing in my time, so I really had to look at nasty characters and and uh, you know do some research on um you know on on how to tell their story and I and I found um I just I just happened across um, one book, and it was a list. Of, I, I I love these lists of top ten greatest books of all time yes. and things like that. But on on that list was Lolita, which is a a disturbing book, but an excellent, uh, very well written book. And, and it tells this story of of this of this guy, and and the way it told it, and. You know it's bad, but you sort of, this the way it's told so well, you sort of go, oh, I almost hope he gets away with it. You know, like, and, and you hate yourself for that. But I wanted that in this character. I wanted, you know, he often says to the reader, do you hate me yet? Like he's challenging the reader to hate him. And so it's really a, it, it then becomes, can the reader, you know, understand it? And, and you know, John sets um, the tone up front when he says, you know, I'm not a good man, but I've never hurt an innocent person so i think um it would i had to make it clear that you know you could forgive yourself for liking this man and that
1: would be okay but it would have to happen over time
0: in your so that's media what kit. i've
1: tried to do in your media kit which is available on shorelinepublishing.com.au you mentioned broken people and that's what your three characters across your three books are they're broken people that are trying to sort yeah. of almost make good aren't they
0: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it it's really about these broken people and what they grow up to become. And and it's funny because I, I think I thought I'd turn that phrase, but I've since heard it uh out um, you know, from people who have had, you know, trauma in their lives. And and it's really about you know, I've been very lucky in my life, but I, I understand that there's a lot of people who haven't been that lucky. So um, for me, this was sort of a coming to terms of, you know, I've been lucky, but, you know, how do I tell the story of those that haven't? I, I know my father, for instance, he he grew up in a boy's home uh, and he talks about having nothing and no one that cared for him. So, you know, we grew up with these stories of, of having no one, you know. Uh, and luckily you know dad got through and and he's a you know he's a lovely and happy guy but uh, i think a lot of people that came up through that process weren't they were you know they were broken in some ways. so i think um you know it was it was my way of of telling that story and sort of coming to terms with these poor broken people i guess
1: I, I wonder a little bit more reading through your media kit as well before this interview um you talk about the anxiety around failure and the average is not an option is that is that a, a slight brokenness within you
0: yeah and maybe that, has that been you know like the I, you know i've i've spoken about um uh, you know my my dealings with anxiety and depression in the past so I, i've you know i've had a lot of pain in my past that i've had to sort of overcome and i remember writing that first book, It wasn't, that book was never uh, allowed to be like a a training book. Like it had to be world class. And and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be the one to say that it was, but people like it, which is good. Um, But for me, um, you know, I obsess about things, you know, and nothing can just be average. If I don't, if I'm not putting everything I can into a book or into a project, then then there's an anxiety in me that comes out to play and and sort of says, you know, I, I need to set my my goals very high. Um, and then if I if I just I do okay, then sometimes that's good too. You know, that's all right. And sometimes you fail too, but um, you know, I set my goals high, and we take it from there.
1: I'd like to touch on one of your projects. Um, you've written for Are You Okay Day before, I believe.
0: Yeah. So I I, I started writing. I guess uh, as a blogger, I was, I I did write songs, but uh, you know, I started writing for people as a blogger and, um, and I wrote these, um, you know, they were, they were funny and quirky little stories. Um, but then are you okay day came out and I wrote a story in are you okay day about my dealing with uh, anxiety and depression? And I remember at that point, nobody in my, um, in my life knew about it like there was lots of people that just didn't know you know and and i'd even kept part of it a secret from my wife for some time you know and i was seeing people to, to try and get it fixed because i didn't want to worry her didn't want to worry my family but i remember i i wrote this story my my salute to are you okay day and um the world knew uh, from that day and i remember my sister calling me and saying um you better call mom. She's upset. <laughs> and she was just, you know, uh, you know, because they don't know, and you know, people don't know. And I, and it started this thing, like people started calling me. I started getting all these messages online and, and there were so many, um, so many people with this just hiding. And I remember talking to a counselor at one point, she said, um, I said, Oh, you know, I've got, these are my secrets. You know, I keep these secrets. And she said um, something along the lines of, you're only as sick as your secrets. That's a saying in her proficient. Wow. You're only as sick as your secrets. And I started thinking, you know what? Um, maybe I, I, I need to stop having so many secrets like this, like this anxiety and depression, you know, and, and, uh, and that's when I started telling people and the funny thing is that's when it sort of gave permission for other people to start telling their stories as well and I still get it people still come to me I've, I've speaking at I've spoken at men's mental health uh, days and and all sorts of things and I, I enjoy that because I can just share a time in my life when you know some 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 bad things might have happened to me but how I got through and how my life became better because of that and I and I reckon I think that that some of these books, I have some depth in them because I had those those times. You know, if I didn't have those times, maybe maybe my books wouldn't have the depth of the character that they have.
1: Now, speaking of the the bad times, a little bit. Um, yeah, editing is a bit of a bad time for you. You don't like to go backwards. You like to oh. go forwards, and you, you're a very positive person. So I can imagine going forwards is what you're all about.
0: I hate editing, um, but I know. Um, I know it makes the work better. So I understand that I need to do it. Um, I think there's a part of me that would like to finish the story and then give it to someone else and move on yeah. really quickly. Like there, there's a part of me that would just love to do that. But the problem is sometimes the points you make in a story don't go far enough. So you have to add weight to it. You know, you have to go and say, no, no, I meant more than that. Or, you know, so I, I think, you know, it's always better for having gone through that extra layer of two of editing. But, um, you know, it's it's a painful process. I don't enjoy it.
1: Now, we know that writer's block is also a thing and can be quite painful. Do you have a um, a magic cure or a, a tonic or anything that can cure writer's block for people that are trying to put their books together? Yeah,
0: I I, I did with, with that first book I had it. And it maybe took me about three months where I just couldn't write anything because yep. I just didn't know where to go next. I'm I don't plot books; I, I sort of make them up as I as I come. But um, I'm starting to plot better now because it takes that writer's block away. But I did have a point where I just could not, um, just didn't know what to write next, you know. So um, I remember one day being so sort of down about it because I'd, I'd already sunk like two and a half, three years into this project. And I didn't want to waste that time. So I just started making a list of, well, what do I have to work with? And I started talking about, what do I know about this character? and What do I know about that character? And it was funny, you know, one, one slight twist in the storyline um, changed everything. And it just gave me this vigor to go and just keep going, you know. And And people still think about that twist. Like, you know, people that read that first book go, I did not see that coming, you know. And either did I. And I think that's what made it so great is you know it's a big point in the plot line and and uh and it came out of uh not out of thin air but out of understanding where I've come from what do I have to work with and even now I'm I'm going through I'm, I'm writing book four because I've, I've finished book three uh which will be out next year but I'm writing another book outside of this trilogy but I, I'm really struggling with it right now um but I'm just putting one foot in front of the other, you know, another few words here, you know, another 100 words, another 200 words. I'm just trying to get through it. And I think um, it's not as debilitating as it was in book one that time now.
1: Well, Andrew, we're glad you found that flow. And we're glad to see that the the man who settled the score is going to be out soon. Uh, The man who corrupted heaven is already out. Thank you so much for your time. We look forward to the third one. Hopefully mum gives that a good review. And uh, we look forward to speaking (laughs) to you very, very soon, mate. Thanks, Will. Thanks for your time. Cheers, mate.